0: Welcome to the first edition of the POLITIC podcast. Uh, I'm Rachel Marcus.
1: I'm Josiah Chui, And I'm Simon Schmidt.
0: And we're the founders of a new foreign policy community called POLITIC. This is our first podcast in which we're discussing an original article that we wrote. Um, It's a post on Medium in which we talked to career counselors in a number of uh, prominent IR programs. And we are just going to discuss some of the responses we got. So. The first thing we want to talk about is uh, I wanted to, for all of us to discuss a little bit about our backgrounds. We all are graduates of SAIS, uh, which is Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies. Uh, we graduated in 2014 and since then worked in economic consulting for the past four years or so. Um, Josiah, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? Because you had, you had quite a diverse range of experiences since then.
2: Sure, yeah, I um I worked um at a think tank for my first year after CS researching US foreign policy and then um in the for the past 3 years or so I've been working in tech. Uh first at a pretty large startup and um and more recently at a at a healthcare startup. Um so, yeah, mostly research and tech.
0: Cool, Simon. What about you want to give us a briefer on your
1: Yeah, so my background is a little bit kind of the first part of Desire's career and then a little bit of Rachel's career. So I worked for a think tank for about a year and a half, working on uh, transatlantic relations and EU-US issues, and then went into economic consulting as well.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. It's a good kickoff, uh, Rach, because I think one of the things that we heard from a lot of career counselors is that it's pretty common in most jobs now to switch, uh, to switch companies uh, pretty frequently. But especially in IR, it's not weird to go from a think tank to the private sector um, and then to you know, somewhere like the World Bank. So that's one of the things that distinguishes the IR degree from, from some of the others, that it's not as specialized, it's more versatile. And, uh, and so one of the things that, that uh, we heard a lot was that IR grads in particular need to be pretty focused in the way they frame their degrees so that employers know what they're getting.
0: Well, so that's, that actually brings up an interesting point to me because I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I've definitely, it, it's not as obvious when you tell people, oh, I went to school for international relations and, and economics makes a little bit more sense because there's like, people can make that connection a little bit faster. Oh, you studied economics, you want to go into some kind of business or something. Um, but I think that it, it, it surprises people sometimes to hear the different, the, the, broad variety of careers that people go into. Because I think, I mean, I can only speak for SAIS, um, the school that we went to, <clears throat> but I know that it was founded as a training school for um, for diplomats and for spies, basically, or for like the CIA. That's where they would get a lot of people from. And so as the, I think the school was founded in the 50s, mid 50s, 1950s, post, uh, post-World post War II era. And since then, I think that the, the, and this is something that the career counselors have talked about is accelerated in recent years, but that people are going into a much broader range of careers. I mean, I can think of people just from our graduating class who've gone into journalism, people who have gone into banking. There's a, a lot of people who are out in San Fran doing some tech stuff. And I, you know, it's, uh, we all have the same degree. We've just found different uses for it. Or people like you, Josiah, who've like done, you know, a number of different things in your own career path. People go people go into the size degree kind of having an idea of what they want to do, but they come out with, you know, they, they may not come out on the other end with doing exactly what they had envisioned doing.
1: And I think that speaks to a point that Josiah was making earlier, that the degree is really, to a large degree, what you make of it and how you specialize within that incredibly broad field of international relations. And then in the case of size, you layer economics on top of that and you really have a wide range of potential orientations and things you can focus on like if you're going if you want to be in international development you're going to take different classes than if you want to be in international finance right so i think there is there is a good there's a good degree of self-selection and specialization within that degree but you still get stuff from all these other areas so you have a broader broader scope of your knowledge and of your experiences which i think is really Important and also, I think that's what uh, some uh, some of the advisors pointed out that that is really appreciated by companies and potential and potential employers.
0: So, to me, and I wanted to ask you guys both the question: what What were your plans before SICE and do they look anything like what you're doing now?
2: Yeah, I think that's really interesting because, uh, like you said, um, these IR schools they really have a background in foreign policy. Um, But it's one of those things where a lot of people uh, do have work experience when they go to grad school, but they probably haven't worked for the State Department or the Department of Defense or or some of these think tanks. They have an idea of where they'd like to go. I think if they were already there, maybe... um, they wouldn't need to be in grad school. And it's not until you get to grad school that you're going to conferences, you're going to talks where you get to see um, and observe what different career paths look like, whether that's someone who's been a career ambassador or you know who was in the uh, private sector for many years and then switches over to to maybe um, a, a nonprofit or an NGO. Um, so, so I think part of it is that you don't get to see up close what some of these jobs look like. Until you're actually in grad school, and so um, one uh, one career counselor we spoke with, uh, Grant Litka at at um, at Penn State said that he tells students at orientation that they're going to change their minds a few times in the in the years while they're at grad school. So um, I think the idea is to not be attached to any one path because part of the reason you're going to grad school is to see what those paths look like. Right. So just for myself. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely found that to be true. What do you think, Simon?
1: Um, yeah, and I think that kind of speaks to the experience we kind of have in common. Like going in, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I want to research. I want to ride." Like being a fellow at a think tank would be incredible. And then you start doing that work, or you start, and you find out like, "Oh, maybe this is not what I thought it would be." And I think that's where that's why international relations degrees are kind of great because with your experience and with a with a wider scope and. The degree you can still you can pivot. You can get out of one job in one area. and You can get into another one. It's not a one-way street or it's not a a, a cul-de-sac. <laughs> you know, you can get out of what you're doing at the moment, which I think I think also realizing that and being okay with that is something that's really important.
0: With um, getting out yeah, of the path you're currently exactly.
1: on. Yeah, basically being accepting that maybe what you thought you would do as coming out of undergrad or in your first year of grad school is maybe not what you, that that may not be, that your dream may not be the dream you actually, may not be all cracked up to be.
0: Josiah, you've done a little bit more switching than most. What What is it that made you want to go from research to tech to, you know, a different kind of tech firm?
2: Yeah, it was a combination of things. One thing is that on the think tank route, um, there's generally a, a bit of a ceiling on, on where you can go with your career if you don't have a PhD. And that's something thing that you can um, observe probably by looking at who are the, the people holding senior roles at think tanks. So that was something that influenced the decision. I wasn't sure if I wanted to get a PhD after doing research. And then uh, the other thing I think is just the pace of change. Um, a lot of people that I've spoken with have said, look, if I, if I want to do research, I can do that in the future, especially because I have some of that research experience under my belt, whereas uh, there's a view that in tech, for example, things are changing a little more quickly. Maybe uh, maybe in your 20s, um, that's a more exciting place to be, but it really depends on your interests. And also, it depends on um, what opportunities there are in the places you want to be. I, I wanted to... Um, be in, in New York. And so um, there were really just more private sector tech jobs there.
0: Yeah. And that's something interesting because um, I think, well, so our, our graduate school program was uh, based in, in D.C. And I would say that there's um, the majority of people are still working in D.C., but there's a good chunk of us uh, in New York um, and then out in San Francisco, I think, are the other It is interesting how the job split comes out when you look at the different locations, right? So most people in SF are working in tech or something like sustainability. New York is private sector. But then in DC, you have a ton of people at the World Bank, you have a ton of people in uh, the federal government. So it is interesting to see how that shakes out. To give a little background on my experience, uh, personally, I worked as a journalist before graduate school. And then I went in wanting to go into consulting and kind of stuck with that the whole way, Um, but I had wanted to kind of have a more structured experience um, than I had had as a journalist and get a lot more um, quantitative and hard skills while still being able to kind of keep that, like liberal arts side of my education.
1: Um, Yeah, I think you're hitting on another point that was pretty common throughout, there was a common thread throughout our conversations was an increased focus on hard skills or quantitative Mm -hmm. skills. I do think I do, I do think that even if you don't use them, having those skills is important, just from a perspective of um, that it shows potential employers that you you have the mental aptitude to acquire yeah. them, and that you yeah. <laughs> and that you're able to work with numbers, even though you not you may not necessarily have to in the current position.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. It's not that, um, and I think one of the career counselors said this, it's not that everyone's going to be a, a data analyst, but um, one thing that I felt coming out of um, grad school is that it's sometimes tough to distinguish yourselves. A lot of people have written really interesting um, theses or have done you know, research in the field, and... Um, it, you can just put yourself in the shoes of a hiring manager. It's hard to distinguish between some of those candidates. So all things equal, if someone has shown that they're willing to put the work in to acquire some of the uh, quantitative skills, um, it might be more of a signaling thing than, um, than something you actually need for the job.
1: And the signaling, I, I think the signaling thing is actually more important than one might think, because one thing that I heard coming out of grad school when I was interviewing was um, that my background is in... Uh, social sustainability. That's what I did before coming I founded two companies before coming into size. And like one of the big concerns was, oh, is he, oh you've only worked in startups. You only worked in entrepreneurship, Like, can you, um, are you able to work in a larger company? Can you deal with that structure? So every once in a while, it does, it's not just, it's not just your, your resume, the ways in which you can adapt to different environments.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's interesting. That's something that kept coming up: the flexibility and um, the flexibility of the degree in particular. To be totally honest, when I when I hear stuff like that, I tend to think it's just you know smooth talk from a career counselor, you know. But in the case of my own personal experience and those of um, well, you guys, other other classmates of ours, I, I, I actually have found that to be true. I think one of the challenges in the job market in particular, and especially for uh, international relations grads. And then this is something that may have changed a bit. I think Jean Amiel, who was the um, career counselor at at, at SAIS, uh, said that, you know, people, it, it's a better known degree nowadays and uh, employers are more familiar with it. I think one of the challenges when we were, he said this has changed in like the past like five to seven years, he's noticed. And I think one of the challenges when we were coming out, well, it was kind of like, Showing in that one-page resume the why, um, the who you are, the why, and making your compelling case. Um, I think, to a certain extent, the the economics-heavy curriculum and emphasis on that helps in 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 a, a private-sector context. But can you do you guys have any um, insights or experience in the, of your of your own personal experience?
2: Yeah, I I can say that. It's really, I think, in the past five years that IR grads have really put a stamp on, on let's say, the tech sector. I know that uh, when I was at Palantir, um, the other people on my team were SIPA grads, uh, Fletcher grads, SFS grads, and so some of them went on to other jobs at at firms like uh, YouTube or um, or Facebook or or in researching um, cybersecurity policy for um, for the UN. So um, it, it's definitely the case. Uh, that I heard also from career counselors that, as alumni uh, establish themselves in these fields, um, they can then help others along, and um, and word spreads quickly that um, that policy grads can handle a lot of the same functions as uh, as MBAs.
1: I think almost ironically that may be a function of, for example, the hiring freeze in the federal government and the fact that when we came out, the World Bank wasn't hiring, and so the conditions were so. I R grads for a while had to find other outlets and had to find jobs in fields where they may not necessarily have looked before. And I think that really makes for that, that gives the degree that gives the field, a greater reputation in field in fields where that, where a size degree or a SFS degree may not have necessarily been a thing of any value before.
2: Right, and one secret, uh, I wouldn't call it a, a dirty secret, but it's a little bit of a secret that um, you find out in grad school is that uh, a lot of places where you're doing um, work in in less developed countries or for um, for international institutions, the, the contracts tend to be shorter. Um, they tend to be time boxed. So these are places where um, it's uh, certainly very meaningful to work and interesting where you um, the plan is not necessarily for it to be a five to 10 year uh, position and certainly not a lifetime position. So, so um, I know that I've talked to people who they've accomplished a lot of things that they wanted to going into size. And the question after that is um, what's something that's more sustainable or more long-term or, or closer to home. I mean,
0: that was a real theme of I mean the article. It starts off by noting that people do tend to switch careers um, a, a lot more frequently nowadays. You know, I think um, I've heard, you know, people who are a bit more senior to to them they've like a two or three year stint somewhere sounds very brief but to to some to a grad in the past 10 years it's actually like quite a tenure at any one job so again i think that comes back to the 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 theme of flexibility and the ability and (laughs) and the ability to fluidly move i think another thing that's um important that was noted was the writing skills that you get. Do you you guys have you guys noticed that that's helped you out in your careers thus far?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know know that's probably even more true for Josiah, but the fact that you can string a sentence together, that helps a lot. And yeah, IR degrees by the almost by definition are writing heavy, right? You write research papers, you write position papers, you do all kinds of you do all kinds of things. That's definitely helpful. And I think that speaks, again, if you add a little bit of maybe quantitative experience and that, a little bit of research experience, and then you add the writing, I think it makes for a well-rounded degree.
2: Absolutely. And I would add that um, I think that uh, what, what people said about writing is that students take it for granted. Uh, a lot of IR students are good at writing, and they you know, they compare notes to their classmates, and, and everyone's a good writer. So you don't really notice it till you leave.
0: In the interview process, um, we've all interviewed candidates at this point in our jobs, and we've all obviously been in interviews. Um, How would you say, um, being a science grad, how would you say, what kind of questions do you, what are you looking for in an interviewee, and what have you found that um, employers are looking for in you? That's a good
2: question. Um, I'll say this I, I think that one thing I stressed out a lot about that you mentioned earlier was the narrative. Um, that people would really scrutinize at any at any company, you know, why do you really want to be here? Is this your dream job? And um, and I've never really gotten pressed on that. And and when candidates come to interview for uh, positions, that's not something that I press them on either. I think that by the time you get an interview, uh, you don't really have to convince someone you're interested in the job. So that's something I don't look for. Um, something that. That has been interesting. That, especially at more conversational interviews, places where they're not trying to grill you, is uh, how interested a lot of people are in some of the things you study at sites. They'll say, "Oh, you did research on you know this war or this policy. Tell me more about that." Not really as a test, but just because they find it interesting.
1: That's actually I've gotten that question multiple times about like specific. Tell me about tell me about something you wrote and describe it and summarize it to me and stuff like that. It's a good question to see if someone can like synthesize their thinking in a concise way. I have a, a kind of a jaded perspective on job interviews. I think most of the answers, most of the questions are BS, most of the answers are BS, and it's usually kind of, a, it's more like a chemistry test than anything else, like, is that person, personal, personable, et cetera, because you've already, if you're at the interview, you've already proven that you're qualified. I think it's really, it's important to. Almost, this is going to be very, this could be very bad advice in some way, but almost, almost treat it more like a date than a job interview.
0: <laughs> yes, don't take that too literally.
1: <laughs> don't, not, no, no, no kissing. Yeah, no it's kissing like what on the, that first date. What the, what, the, what the career counselors won't tell yeah. you, yeah. But it is, it is, really, it is a personality match and you're trying to present yourself in your best, in your best light, which not that dissimilar to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. the thing is, is that... The reality is from an interviewer's perspective there are so many candidates and there are so many qualified candidates so you're just like really just trying to like see who you could spend eight hours a day with you know
2: that's right and i think something else that i didn't realize till i you know uh, left size was that for any given job no matter how random there are there are a lot of candidates out there so that it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot i think that's yeah. just uh, that's just the way things totally.
0: are um all right so i wanted to ask one last question and that is all right so we're about four, four, four to five years out from school. And um, what advice would you give to an incoming student and or a current student?
1: I would have two different pieces of advice, and that very much depends on the person. If you think you have a clear idea what you're doing, if you think you know what you want, go for that. Like Narrow your focus and go for that. But if you don't, throw yourself around a little bit, take different classes, see see what your interests may be, be broad, be interested, read, talk to people, talk to people about what they're doing, talk to people about the classes they're taking and just be try to become a more well-rounded person rather than specialize in one specific thing. Because if you're not 100% sure what you want to do, then casting a wide net might be the answer for you.
2: Yeah, I think that's great advice. I think that sometimes as a student, you feel pressure to specialize prematurely and no one can, can really... Uh, project what their priorities will be down the road. And so being open to change, being open to different experiences is definitely uh, a plus and makes you a much more attractive candidate to a lot of places. My advice would be um, don't over-index on uh, the, the title of a job or, or even the company. Those are both important, but uh, if you don't respect or if you're not able to get along with or if you don't um, want to be in the shoes of, let's say, your supervisor, or so, or, the, or your supervisor's supervisor, then that may not be the best fit for you. So I think there, uh, I think it's easy to get over attached the idea of working in a particular um, for a particular company. But sometimes, especially if you've taken a job that you don't end up liking, um, that can be uh, that yeah. Can and respond.
0: my 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 main advice would just to be don't. Don't fall uh, victim to the pressure. I mean, there's always a lot of pressure. People are talking about what internships are you taking? Oh, like, do you have a job offer? You know, people are in 10 different clubs and trying to, you know, bulk up their resumes. And in the end, it does not matter.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that I've been in interviews where you, you would say, "Well, I was, you know, in this club or that club," and I got I've gotten like a totally blank response, as in, like, "Well, that's great." Um, <laughs> so there's uh, so that's not always the biggest thing. Um, the other thing I, I would say really quickly is that there's this uh, story that sticks with me or experience that sticks with me from SICE. It was we were at this roundtable and and um, someone who had graduated I think 30 or 40 years before came up to me and uh, was telling me about their career and I said so you know what do you think of it basically like how, how has it all panned out and they said I wouldn't do it oh, again uh, I, I didn't really like it <laughs> it was one of those yeah. things where yeah it was like oh I, I think maybe maybe uh, this was an alumnus who was maybe oversharing a bit but I, you know I think it, it never really crossed my mind that people could get trapped in a, in a position they, they didn't really enjoy and stick with it for so long and so I think um, the message there was just don't be afraid to reevaluate re- your decisions every once in a while or to yeah, admit that's that you're uh, wrong
0: you know that's valuable advice you always have to appreciate the the, the candor of it
2: <laughs>
1: you too right yeah that seems that seems like good <laughs> <that> advice
0: <laughs> all right well i think this brings us to a close for our first edition of the politic podcast so please check us out on uh hellopolitik.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-P-O-L-I-T-I-K.com. And we have a number of exciting things coming up, so please stay tuned. All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.